This is an ABC podcast. The following podcast contains financial chat. The advice is general in nature. We can't account for your individual circumstances. For advice to suit your individual needs, see the professionals. In fact, we'd be really happy if you did. So how much money do you have in your super? I'm not really sure. I don't know what to compare because no one talks about it. I couldn't tell you for sure, but I would estimate at around $500. (laughs) I haven't got to that stage yet. Maybe in the next 10 to 20 years I might start thinking about that. I checked my super a few months ago, actually. I don't really even know what it is, to be honest. It's a relevant matter for me, having gone through divorce. I think I have two, but I'm not sure what they are. (laughs) I got a letter in the mail. That tells me what I have. Yeah, that's something that I probably think about. Think, oh, I don't need to worry about that for, you know, a while or... Yeah. Hmm. Superannuation is a boring word and a boring thing. And it's so far into the future that you shouldn't worry about it now, right? Wrong. I'm Claire Hooper. This is The Pineapple Project, the podcast that makes you better with money. We need to make it interesting so people don't leave it too late. How how do we make super interesting? I know, a makeover. I'm Karen Ferry. I work in advertising and I think superannuation needs a rebrand. It's not the most sexiest thing to sell. Um, It's definitely on the very dry side. I mean, I once also had to sell thrush cream. So, you know, like there are things that are worse. It's really hard to sell the future. We kind of live in this world of YOLO where we only care about the moment now and we don't really care about what's going to happen in 40 years' time. It doesn't affect us right now and that's why scrimping and saving and not enjoying ourselves can suck so hard. We need to kind of get into this place where we talk about the future and a way that we can feel in the present. How do you go about getting people interested in super? It's um, quite funny. Like, we have been taught as marketers for decades that we need to be appealing to the rational side of the brain. But what we've discovered through research in the past 10 years or so is actually about 85 to 90% of decisions that we as consumers make are done through what we call the fast, irrational and emotional side of the brain. So not, you know, the slow, deliberate side that, a lot of facts and information that superannuation talk about. So if we want people to get excited about superannuation, we really need to look at the emotional effects of how we feel about superannuation um, and what it can actually do for us in an exciting way. Okay. And so how do you you do that? Because it's a pretty boring word. Yeah, um, it's a really boring word. I actually don't even know what it means. As Australians, we kind of know what it is. I think what we actually need to talk about is the real benefits of what we can get from it beyond just financial security when we retire. Um, And it's a funny one because we don't have access to the money really. So we've been contributing the entire time, but it's kind of an invisible product that we need to care about, which is a strange situation to be in. So one way we could really get people excited about it is talking about the stuff that it can actually give us and the things that we get excited about now. So you've worked out a few different ways you could sell super. So, you know, thinking about how people do see superannuation but then how else we could talk about it and so put together a little ad based off that. I think we're going to call this one Betty's Phone Call. Hello? Hello, Betty? 
Yes, yes, I'm going to bingo. What's the prize? Better not big range again. I can't fit any more of those bottles in my cellar. Hey, after bingo, we could go to that all-you-can-eat caviar buffet. So what time, love, should I pick you up in my Tesla? You only retire once, so do it well. Invest in your superannuation today. Oh, hell! Where'd I put that bloody diamond hearing aid again? (laughs) Okay, so why does that work? So I think the best ads come from an insight. So as Dove Real Beauty is based on the insight that women feel crap after ingesting a lifetime of airbrush supermodel images. A good super ad should be the one that taps into how an ordinary Australian could potentially feel about retirement. Um, and I think it's that thing of being like, we want it to be exciting. You know, we want our lives to be exciting. At the moment, it sucks because we have to work so much. So how can we say that this is going to be a great payoff? And I think it's talking about the stuff you want to have now, but you can have it for the rest of your life. You did do another one. Let's have it. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love it. And I'm like, yeah, how do I get a Tesla, actually? If we were looking at what we'd really want in the future, another way we could actually look at it is talking about an issue that we care about now, which is women's empowerment. So the second spot is called Superwomen. Sisters! Since 2018, we've come a long way. We've ended world hunger, travelled to Mars, eradicated body confidence issues and made vegan mock meat taste good. Well, almost good. And, of course, our greatest achievement of all, sisters, is that we worked out how to make women give a shit about their superannuation. The future is female. If you save for it, support your future you with superannuation. And and why does this one work? I think this is quite interesting because culturally we're on this movement at the moment, you know, with Wonder Woman and the future is female and Me Too, where we're really talking about how women can lean in and be much more empowered and independent. But one of the things we really don't talk about is what that's going to look like when we're older and we don't have the same amount of financial resources that male counterparts have been saving. And rather than asking people to think about superannuation, we're actually getting people to feel something about superannuation and about what their future could deliver for them. But I think for both of them, while I think the first one is of um, Betty's phone calls really funny, the second one about superwomen actually gets me riled up inside slightly and makes me really like angry as being like, why aren't we saving more money? Why aren't we doing something about this? So I think I would probably say the second one's maybe my personal favourite. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it resonates with me as well. I don't know if I speak for everyone, but I just like embracing the idea that superannuation might be an exciting feminist issue. Like, I quite like that. Yeah, it should, like, why can't we make it cool? Why can't we make it, like, a cool badge? Like, everyone brags about their houses and the cars they have. It's like, why can't we talk about how much money we have sitting and waiting for us when we finish up work and can then be like, I'm going to enjoy all this stuff when I'm old as well? Okay, so we've rebranded it. We've got everyone paying attention. Now, psych up, get excited, get pumped. We need a war plan. We're in the Situation Room and, damn it, we need a general. 
Pauline Taylor is the grand matriarch of the superannuation system and I'm telling you, she's had it up to pussy's bow. I wanted uh, more women to be aware of the fact that the system is, is not helping them so they need to help themselves. It is an incredibly unfair system and why aren't women marching in the streets? Because we have so much to march about, Pauline. <laughs> We're exhausted from all the marching. What would you do... I mean, you talk about how women are retiring on half as much, virtually half as much, and living longer. Can you suggest how you fix that situation? Well, I think the whole superannuation system needs to be reformed to allow for the fact that women have different work patterns and uh, I belong to lobby groups that are suggesting ways to completely re jig our superannuation system, but I think that's going to take a long time to happen. So in the meantime, I think if women do take more interest in their super and manage it, that there are ways for them to improve their position. We're never going to be as well off as as the fellows, um, but we're a lot better off than our mothers. When should I start looking at my super? Well, right now, I'd say. And the first thing to do is look at your annual benefit statement, which I hope you've got filed away somewhere where you know where it is. No, straight in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) So your annual benefit statement, that'll give you an indication of where you are now. I mean, you need to sort of take into account, what am I in now? How much super have I got? So you look at your benefit statement and has it been growing? So how much is there? You look at what's going in. What's going in is the amount your employer's putting in under the superannuation guarantee, some extra money you might have put in as a voluntary contribution, and the returns on the investments that your super money is invested in. So that's going in, but then coming out of it, you've got uh, taxes and fees and perhaps insurance premiums. So you need to make sure that, well, is it growing and, and how is it performing and, and what, what investment option am I in? That should also be on your account statement. What if you've got a number of different super funds sitting around the place? Is it easy now to pull them all together? Yes, because you can do this through um, a MyGov account. I don't know if you've set up a a MyGov account, but um, that's used for all sorts of of government benefits. So you go into MyGov and that'll take you through to the tax office. And uh, through this, you can do all this online and do it yourself. Don't pay somebody else to do it for you because it's quite easy to do it yourself. I know women that have gone in there and consolidated their superannuation. And it's, it's a great thing to do. Although, don't be too quick at it because you need to sort of perhaps review how many different funds you've got and then decide, well, I'm going to roll them over, but which is the best one to roll it over into? So you would think, well, obviously the best performing one um, when I've made these comparisons, but then also look at the fees and also look at the insurance or there might be an exit cost with some of them too. So if you're going to sort of move out of one and, and you've got to pay a big exit fee, you might sort of think again. Um, What if there is super that I've forgotten about? Ah, well, that's the other thing you can do on this MyGov link. You can also find lost super on that. And uh, I know women have had a very pleasant surprise because this can often happen if you've worked as a student or you've had increasingly people work in what they call the gig economy, isn't it, where you do a lot of different short-term jobs and you've got different accounts here, there and everywhere and you might have forgotten about some of them. And importantly too, they might have forgotten about you if you've shifted your address. So Pauline, how should we be thinking about superannuation at the different ages of our life? 
Okay, well, in your 20s, think about how is your money invested? It's there for the longer term. Probably a good idea for to go for a growth option because you can withstand a lot of falls in the share market. You're in there for a long time and think about ethical investments. In your 30s, this is a time that women are often thinking about taking time off to have a family. There are ways that your partner can help. If, you're, if you've switched to part-time or if you stopped to contribute to, to your super, talk to your partner about putting money into your super because there are tax advantages in doing that. In your 40s, there are some catch-up provisions. If you've got behind and you need to catch up, there are some catch-up provisions where you can put beyond the concessional caps into your super. In your 50s, think about transition to retirement. Now, this is where you can actually access your super. There's not the tax advantages that there were in the past, but it's a great way to access your super if you've got some debts to pay. In your 60s, think about how you're going to draw your super in retirement. Account-based pensions are probably the most popular, but uh, you might want to think about an annuity or some sort of guaranteed income. In your 70s, manage what you've got. Think about you can't contribute any more to super on a voluntary basis if you're over 75. So you've got to look after what you've got and make sure it's going to last the distance. And if you're running out, start being super nice to one of your children, right? <laughs> What's it like going out to lunch with you, Pauline? Um, have <laughs> have all your friends had to get their super in order just to shut you up? <laughs> um, are they all super women now? Look, it's, it's interesting we were talking about how women relate to money and uh, I formed an investment club with uh, some of my friends and these are friends that I perhaps normally meet for coffee or or lunch and there's sort of a... uh, particularly with women, a sort of reluctance to talk. But you know how you told as a child, never talk about politics or money. And so I keep very quiet about superannuation. When I mentioned to, I'm also in a book club, and when I said I was writing a book, they all sort of got excited. And then when I said it was about superannuation, they said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so getting back to, to my friends, um, so they don't like to talk about money, but we formed an investment club. And amazingly, we'd, we'd sort of meet as an investment club and suddenly everyone's talking about money because it's okay, you know, we talk about money and the amount of knowledge they all had. Oh, I wasn't happy with my Telstra contribution. Well, you know, the dividend was a bit low this year and, and all this chatter, chatter about all their investments they had. And, I, you know, but, but they wouldn't normally talk about that. Oh, I agree. It's considered crass and, and um, so, but if, if you do want to chat about money with, with your friends, well, then this is a way of doing it, form an investment club and uh, <laughs> chat together. <laughs> How many RSVPs <laughs> will I get for my investment club? <laughs> Zero. Oh, it's just me again. Now, women are more inclined to join investment clubs than men and I think this is because men are, are much more comfortable about talking about money around the barbecue, but how often do you see, you go to a barbecue and you see a group of women talking about the superannuation. Oh, that's because they're pulling the kids out of the fish <laughs> pond because the blokes haven't noticed they're in there. <laughs> Claire, a finance party is one thing, but a club that talks about money, that's my kind of club. Pauline Taylor's my Oprah. She's a genius. She's a superwoman. Oh, hi, Sensible Emily. Sensible. Sensible. Sensible Emily. She packs her lunch. She never runs out of toilet paper. She's so sensible. 
I've had an idea. What if we held an investment club party right here, right now? We could compare our super balances. We could have a super theme. We could wear superhero costumes. We could eat superfoods. Kale and quinoa. Goji berries. Everyone, welcome to Finance Club. It's literally just us, Emily. The first rule of Finance Club... Don't talk about Finance Club. Oh, no, we already did. No, it's to talk about your money. The second rule of Finance Club... Don't talk about Finance Club. There's a no-judgment rule. We're all here to get better. When do we fight? No fighting here, Claire. Knowledge is power. On the count of three, we're going to show each other our superannuation balances. One, two, three. <gasps> oh, yours is really good, Emily. Oh, yours is really healthy too, Claire. Yay! Do you have an aggressive strategy? How low are your annual fees? Ooh. Where are your investments? Ooh, I bet you've got some large cap stocks there. <gasps> are you going for high risk, high rewards? Have you consolidated all your super funds? Oh, oh, yawn. Um, it's probably enough partying for now. Why don't we do this every month, Claire? We could get together, we could chat about our money. <laughs> Can we get pizza delivered next time? I'll bring a plate. Much more financially responsible. Thanks, Sensible Emily. Sensible. Sensible Emily. Mm, you like that sensible? Sensible. Back to us. What have we learned? Don't just get mad, get interested. You get smart about this now and your retired self will be patting your past self on the back as you sip cocktails out of delicious pineapples while you watch the sweat glisten on the forehead of your pedicurist. And the best time to take a look at your super is right now. I'm Claire Hooper and I'm giving my super a makeover! Oh, and while you're sorting out your own super... Why not do a friend a solid and share this episode with them? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, then share it with them using that little square or the arrow thingy. They're more likely to open a text from you than a letter from their super provider, let's be honest. Or you can show them how to hear it now on the ABC Listen app. I mean, you're going to need your friends with you to enjoy that pimped-out retirement village, right? Coming up on the final episode of The Pineapple Project. Remember way back in episode one where we discovered you learn your money habits as a kid? We began developing our money beliefs as children as we watch our parents and grandparents and other adults around us interact with money and talk about money or don't talk about money. Since then, we've learned how to unpick all those habits. We've learned how to budget, how to earn more. We faced our debt demons and made plans for the future. We've grown up. So there's only one thing left to do. What's this? Ah, uh, a 50 ladder coin. <laughs> a 50 pence. We need to learn how not to pass on those crappy habits to our kids. Have I taught you anything about money? I asked them both, you know, and the oldest one said to me, buy things on sale. I think pocket money is central to teaching kids about money and you can start when they're as little as two years old. In a world where everything is cashless, where tooth fairies slip notes under pillows and where Bitcoin is not just something your toddler did when they were teething, how do you start? All right, I'm going to give you three coins. Will you put them in the jars? Which jars will you put them in? One, two, three. That's next on The Pineapple Project. Don't miss it. Do it for the kids. Roll the credits. 
This episode was mixed by John Jacobs. My retirement will be reading, eating and sleeping around the clock. Consulting producer is Emily Stewart. I'm going to take up sea kayaking and keep my mind active by being a treasurer for a local not-for-profit. Research by Jessica Lucchiano. Um, obnoxiously tanned and frequent flyer. It's produced by Rachel Fountain. I'd like to own a boutique vineyard on the Amalfi Coast and have dozens of friends and family around for long lunches. The executive producer is Monique Bowley. I'm going to drive a Winnebago around the country and I'm going to stop on nudist beaches and just let it all flop out because I got no place to be and I got no shame. Kelly Riordan is the manager of ABC Audio Studios. This is a production of ABC Audio Studios. When was the last time you bought something to wear? This week? Yesterday? The average Australian buys 56 items of clothing and chucks out 15 kilos of clothes a year. So how did we get here? I'm Veronica Milsom, host of the ABC podcast Threads, where I undress the fast fashion industry and how it's designed to make us buy until we die. Threads. It's everything fast fashion doesn't want you to know. Hear it in the ABC Listen app. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.